Welcome to Cats by 90, a podcast dedicated to you, the Big Blue Nation, basketball, football, and the latest recruiting news. If it's Kentucky sports, then it's here on Cats by 90. Now, from SB Nation's A Sea of Blue, your hosts, Big Blue Drew and Aaron Gershon. Hello and welcome to an exciting edition of the Cats by 90 podcast brought to you by SB Nation's The Sea of Blue. Drew Brown and Aaron Gershon. And man, so we are only about less than an hour removed from the Kentucky Louisville basketball game. I am driving home on 64 West right now. And um, as you know, Aaron, my adrenaline is flowing. I'm quite jacked. I know you hated to miss that one, but damn, what a game. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's not much else to say. Just, I mean, what I think the biggest thing is I, that was the first game all year from top to bottom. UK just was out, out physical to another team. They really did. They played physical. Nick Richards gave them exactly what they needed. Um, Tyrese Maxey also, I mean, finally having that go-to shooter, they had that today. And the crowd looked absolutely amazing. And I felt like the Rupp Arena that no one complained about. And uh, just a huge, huge momentum shifting win that could really going into SEC play that could really turn this puppy around yeah I cannot say enough just about the environment and the feel for that I, you know it's Kentucky Louisville so you know you're going to get that you knew Rupp was going to be as good as it ever gets but just the way that that game was played even in the first half with it being low scoring it felt like a track meet like I text you that I'm like hey god it's you mm-hmm. know 20 something to 20 something but it feels like a track meet and to me, Aaron, the biggest takeaway of today was, and I had said this, even if Kentucky, you know, dropped that game somehow, Cal had alluded to that, you know, do things really change if Louisville, you know, throws in a desperation shot or something and wins that game? But the biggest point to me is the fact that UK has now had three big-time games, Michigan State in the Champions Classic, Ohio State in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and now Louisville on their home floor on CBS, you know, huge, huge game. And they've shown up for all three. That's probably three of their better games of the year that they've played. So this team now with, you know, all the deficiencies that we've picked through over the last few weeks um, has proven that when the lights shine bright and there's a big game that they're ready to play. And that's huge because we all know nothing matters but March. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, that as frustrating a loss as the Ohio State game was, um, they didn't shoot the ball well again in that one, but. They really played a pretty solid game. It kind of the wheels fell off in the last four minutes. Um, but yeah, they really have. They've every big game, like you said, they've come to the occasion they've risen to the occasion and two of them they come out with big wins. Um and I, I think this should uh, finally be the one that helps that stupid net ranking as I know Michigan State hasn't played great this year and that win isn't maybe as big on paper as it was, but Still, the way they were able to go into Madison Square Garden to handle business to open the season after what happened last year was huge. And then this game today, I mean, they were ready to play. Like I said, for the really, I felt like even the probably the first time all year, other than the EKU game where they just dominated, um, I felt like they were the much more physical team. And if they, that's the Nick Richards and Tyrese Max you're going to get the rest of the year, uh, look out to SEC and the rest of the nation, really. Dude, Nick Richards, man. I mean, I, I've so. Mm-hmm. I mean, my my video. If you haven't seen the video at Big Blue Drew thirty three, I know he's been everywhere with the L's down, but I have a pretty good video post game and just the joy, man, that he had after that game. You could tell from the moment it started, his emotions were just 
blowing, and he wanted to play well so bad. So I just said on the ESPN 680 postgame show that uh, I feel like he has immunity for the rest of the year. If he wants to go out and jack up 10 <laughs> threes against Missouri in their next game, the conference home opener, let him do it because that kid has been through so much criticism at this program in his three years. And uh, I just can't think of a better person to go out and play the way that he did tonight. And how crazy is it, too, Aaron, if I would have told you before that game that, yeah, you know, we're going to go into overtime in this game and we're running the offense through Nick Richards. <laughs> it, remember, didn't Cal say that he's the best shooter on the team at one point? He did. <laughs> but, um, no, in all seriousness, uh, probably don't think you're going to win that game just based on the big guys Louisville had because – you know, give them, give that, what's his name? Enoch, Stephen Enoch. Gosh, Enoch. Or, Enoch had a few Enoch, moves that were goodness. NBA moves, man. NBA, NBA moves on Enoch. Nick Richards, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a fifth-year senior in that show, and he's a hell of a player. I know Norwood is off tonight, but he's a really good player. And the fact that Kentucky was able to just really out, again, out, that's the word you keep coming back to because, you know, Calipari is always saying fight, 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 right? And that's exactly what this team did today. They fought. They were more physical. Nick Richards just bullied people down low. I thought, you know, that EJ Montgomery miss layup was pretty embarrassing, but um, he even got it, did some good things. Um, when it all is said and done, I really thought, especially that big block he had, that would have been the difference maker, you know? I mean, they, if he doesn't have that one block, that would have given Louisville, I think, a one-point lead, they lose the game. So he did some good things, and I thought Sestina – Obviously, the foul trouble affected all of them, especially Sestino fouled out. But overall, I thought it was a really encouraging game for Kentucky's um, front court, really. I mean, like I said, with how the SEC is shaken out, I mean, I don't know anyone in the SEC who wants to play um, against the front court like Kentucky that played like they did today. Yeah, and Chris Mack talked about it. They, you know, they asked him about, hey, you know, what did Nick Richards to do to be so effective? And pretty much the first words out of his mouth, where he's big as hell. And if you've listened to the (laughs) podcast, you know that I harp on that all the time. And it's so true, man. It can be overlooked because of the struggles that he had. But he is the biggest player on the floor every single night. There's nobody Mm -hmm. that matches his size. I mean, from a height perspective and just a weight. I mean, he's just a monster. So when he plays to his potential, he really is rather unstoppable. And um, even the guys, um, Stephen Enoch, who was very impressive at the podium. You mentioned very impressive. Senior, um, just super well-spoken along with Dwayne Sutton. And, you know, I think they called him an animal on the glass a couple times. And, you know, when he plays with that fight and that confidence, Cal um, continually calls it um, stay humble, stay hungry. I know that he has that written on a pair of his shoes. So, I mean, he's just a game changer. Like you said, that monster, a couple monster blocks that he had. So if he can play to that level, it really does change Kentucky's entire makeup of what they can do, especially heading into conference play. And they just answered the bell, Aaron, like time after time mm-hmm. after time. Like, you know, Louisville would hit yeah. a big shot or something negative would happen. And I was kind of like, oh, man, I don't, you know, how's this going to go? And every time, whether right. it's Ashton Hagens, Tyrese Maxey, Nick Richards, even Sestina out of a timeout had a big bucket over his left shoulder, bank shot. So. I mean, just cannot say enough about the Cats' effort today. And, you know, what a different feeling from this time last week. That, and that's a great point you made about responding because, to me, that was when I knew they were going to lose to both Utah and um, Evansville is those two games, whenever Kentucky would get a big shot, um, there would be an answer from the other side. And it felt like Kentucky would just be almost 
I guess you could say sick of seeing that. And they kind of just were like, wow, we're really not going to put them away. But this game, every time Louisville, you know, came back and answered the bell and again, give them credit for that. Um, Kentucky responded right back with a clutch three from Maxi or something to just fight back. They fought. The Calipari keeps preaching. I can't say it enough. It was the most fight this team has showed by miles and miles so far this year. Yeah, and then just um, Cal provided some good stuff in post game too, which I constantly have been trying to do over the last week, which is just provide perspective and the fact that it's so true. Kentucky is a bucket or two away from having no losses. I mean, they had two duds. Mm-hmm. No excuse losing to Evansville. They should have beaten Utah. Um, and then I, I have no problems with the Ohio State loss. I thought they came out. That game had a tournament feel to it. They were right there at the end. Ohio State right now is a you know definitely a one seed. So I had no, no problems with that game. They came out. They played. Um, especially the first half, Hagens looked like one of the best players in the country. So that's really provides some good perspective and. He also had a, you know, a smart, intelligent comment that can be hard to absorb for a lot of our fan base. But the fact that, let's say, Aaron, that Louisville throws up a prayer or a couple prayers or, you know, maybe makes a few more free throws in that game and Kentucky drops it. What does that really change? You know, not much. Right. Um, It's great to see him get the win. But, you know, this team has shown, you know, what they're capable of. So I think a little perspective is in order after, you know, they finally get another big win, a resume building win. And um, if you were somebody last week that was touting the NIT for this team, uh, one, you're stupid, <laughs> and two, you just yeah. need to just relax because tonight you're probably saying we're going to win the national title. So this right. is the same movie, the same book we see every year. Cal's going to get them ready. Um, but, you know, couldn't couldn't ask for a bigger momentum builder, I guess, heading into um, conference play, which I guess is uh, their next game, which is January 4th against Missouri, I believe. Yeah, Missouri it'll be. But – um. Yeah, it's just a huge – like <laughs> I said it before the year, I didn't think it was going to be quite like this, but there's just no one that's overwhelmingly good in college basketball this year. And to say even with those two losses that Kentucky was going to be an NIT team, I think we both know is just ridiculous. And today <laughs> they probably went from a six seed to a two, just like that, with the getting right. a net win like this. And It's not like if you look at Louisville's wins, they've beaten some pretty quality teams, including Michigan, while they were red hot. So – you know, and rivalry game rose to the occasion, you know, really it was an upset at the end of the day. And yeah, this game <laughs> shows you what I think. I think this was finally the game that this is the Kentucky team you're going to see the rest of the year. And I don't know, obviously they're still going to be um, ups and downs. They're going to probably lose a game or two in conference play because um, they're not a perfect team by any means. But I think this is the team you can start getting used to. And if I'll tell you that, Outside of Richards, the biggest thing, and I don't want to just go by the stat sheet, but it's Maxi because what have we been saying these last couple games? Kentucky doesn't have a shooter that can just put away a game or hit the big shot when they needed it, and Tyrese did did, did that and a little more tonight, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, you hit a lot of good points there. So uh, Drew Brown, Aaron Gershon on the Cats by Ninety podcast, um, heading home from the game. We're just about an hour and a half or so removed from Kentucky's big overtime win against Louisville. And um, I'll just kind of start with Tyrese Maxey because you mentioned it last. But, you know, when you're really on floor level and watch him the entire time, nobody has a better personality than that kid. He's just awesome to watch. He constantly smiles. Another thing I noticed a lot, Aaron, is like he'll look at the crowd during dead balls, like while they're setting up a play or (laughs) coming out of a timeout. Like he looks at the crowd. He makes eye contact with people. Um, And I just feel like the reason I bring that up is just like he wants that moment, man. He wants all eyes on him. 
He's so confident in his game. Um, we'll have a video up on Big Blue Insider, too, that I sent you where he commented on, hey, you know, I had media last week after Ohio State, and I told you guys I wasn't going to quit shooting. You know, I'm confident in my game. And he just wants to be the guy, man. And he's so impressive. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a post this week um, just about kind of um, Kentucky's player draft stock after the, the poor showing in Vegas. And, you know, I was kind of surprised, honestly, a couple mocks that I looked at in expert um, articles and stuff had him like as a top 10 pick. And I remember texting you just being like, I just don't see it right now. Like I think the potential's there. Um, but then today he goes out and shows exactly why he could be a top pick. Um, another big facet to this game was Keon Brooks getting the start and just absolutely yep. locking up Jordan Nora. Um, I mean, took him out of the game, man. Chris Mack said after the game that, like, we basically had to bench him because he, he couldn't get anything going. And I had five other guys that were playing better. So, you know, he's one of the best scorers in the country. He was averaging, like, 21 a game, yeah. which is insane for win college. The, yeah, he's going to win the ACC Player of the Year. And just locked him up, man. He was basically riding the bench um, for a good portion of that game just because of the defense that Kentucky was throwing at him. So um, that was huge, I thought. Uh, Louisville did miss a lot of free throws. Chris Mack talked about that oh, yeah. over and over, um, that the amount of free throws they, they miss. And it's true, you know, if they make them, they win. But there was some – I rarely complain about officiating. But had Kentucky <laughs> lost this game, I would have been pissed, man, because they were just getting robbed to start both mm -hmm. halves, man. It was ridiculous. And, you know, for me to look up and yeah, the eight there to one fouls is just insane. <laughs> They didn't exactly let the boys play by any means. <laughs> it was um, a lot of ticky-tack fouls, a lot of questionable calls, and I thought some of them went both ways. I thought it definitely killed UK at the beginning of both halves, like you mentioned, and put guys in foul trouble. But um, I think you tweeted it out. It's, they were able to overcome that as if it were no big deal. And, you know, the last, what, two thirty, two forty plus of that game and overtime here without Sestina, who – May not have lit up the score sheet, but he did some pretty good things defensively. I thought, and he did make <clears throat> he did make the baskets he you know they needed him to make. So to overcome all that shows you, I think, something about this team too that it's a resilient group. And I think I I noticed it. I think um, at media day, this group is just so much more mature than even last year's team that obviously might have been more talented and had two guys than Hero and Washington that you can say, all right, give them the ball. They're going to go win this game for us. But <laughs> this team, I think, is just a little ahead of them mentally. And I think defensively, defensively, they've been ahead of them all year long. It's the offensive game that's obviously been slow. But that's going to come. These guys are too talented. Um, and I think tonight you finally saw them put a little bit of all that together, the intelligence, um, the skill on offense. The defense was most of the night was there again. Um, and they beat a really – that's a really good Louisville team. That's probably the best Louisville team. Um, definitely out of max two teams, but that's probably the best Louisville team, I think, that I've seen probably since, I'd say, their championship year. Yeah, they're, they're, they really are. They're extremely good. And I was saying all day today, too, like with all of Kentucky's offensive struggles, like please don't judge them really hardcore today because Louisville's defense is just so good. I mean, they're strong. They're physical. Um, they rebound the basketball. Um, Kentucky actually out-rebounded them by one, which I thought was really impressive. And then just back to the officiating for a second, too. Um, first mm -hmm. off, it's just like – it's so it's just so trash in college basketball. The fact that – so Kentucky uh, is being on the foul sheet. Eight fouls, Kentucky, one to Louisville. And you just knew they were going to even it up, Aaron. It's like 
it's basically like admitting to calling bad fouls. Like the fact that right after that, they kind of evened it up. And before you knew it, towards the end of that game, it was like 10 to 7. And it's just like, it's right. just so bad the way that they do it. And like I said, I rarely complain from the perspective of like it really impacted the game and, you know, the officials could have yeah. decided it. But had Kentucky lost that game, um, so just major props to them for weathering that storm in both halves and not getting down, you know, a lot where they couldn't come back or something. But And then, yeah, you talked a lot about, um, you know, just how good this Louisville team is. And I can't remember a time ever when Kentucky's played regular season games against two bona fide number one seeds. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what they did. And we're so close to winning both, man. I mean, like I said, a couple bounces either way. Kentucky could have beat Ohio State. There was that missed travel call late in the game. They could have potentially given them the ball, you know, with the opportunity, you know, to get the game tied. So, you know, just just monumental effort the last two Saturdays by Kentucky. Um, again, I can't I can't blame them for, you know, the, the performance in Vegas losing to Ohio State and then coming out today and doing what they did. I think that they've proven and, you know, I feel really good about this team's ability to get to a Final Four with the landscape mm-hmm. of college basketball this season. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I think this is a team, I think we saw it in Michigan State, this team definitely has the potential to be a Final Four team um, and be a national champion with this year. And This year, it's just, there's, I mean, other years I'd probably push the brakes on that, but there's just, <laughs> there's really nobody good. There's just been nobody good. It's really as simple as that. And... I wouldn't say no one good, but no one great. So, yeah, Kentucky can definitely win it. And with the SEC the way it is this year, I mean, I know that it probably won't help them in the net rankings, but if they can, you know, I would say they play Auburn twice, that could be a split. I know Auburn really hasn't played anybody yet, so we'll see what they really are. Um, Maybe you drop a game to Florida or something like that, but (laughs) there's no one impressive in the SEC. There really isn't. Um, I'd still say Kentucky is the best team on paper in the conference by a lot. So, you know, if you can go, I don't know, lose three games max in the SEC, you're looking at a two-seed easily. And yeah, obviously the Texas Tech game will be huge too. And then the la- the last two Saturdays, man, Kentucky has proven there's not a team in the country that you could say, hey, Kentucky has to play X team on a neutral court next week, and mm-hmm. you would be like, oh, they can't beat them. And, and I, I think, honestly – Kentucky could be, you know, potentially favored in any of those matchups. So they've proven that they can play with the best of the best that college basketball has to offer as um the new year turns. But man, I swear to it, I should just be driving to Charlotte right now. My adrenaline's still so jacked up. Uh, Cats by ninety podcast here. It's about eight o'clock on Saturday evening after Kentucky's this monster win. Um, when are you flying in, Aaron? So you're headed to the Belk Bowl Monday, right? Yes, I'll be there Monday. I'll miss the media gathering they have on monday but i'll be there i'm gonna go get my credential at the hotel and all that monday so i'm really looking forward to it and i think i personally think it's going to be a really successful trip for uk i really really like this matchup for them not only but i think virginia tech's a good team but i really think uk can run the ball down their throats and have a lot of fun down there so i'm really looking forward to getting down there it's going to be looks like knock on wood because anything can happen but looks like the weather is going to be phenomenal down there just phenomenal i I think it was 61 sunny last time I checked. So hopefully it stays that way. And, you know, it'd be a pretty damn good way to end the decade here if you get two straight bowl wins for the basketball, uh, football team, that is. And then the basketball team obviously just finished the decade with a humongous win over their biggest rival. 
I have family in Charlotte, and she's been sending me pictures the last couple of days of just how gorgeous the weather is and the temperature. So I think we're finally going to look out with one on that. And it's just, yeah, I'm packing the family up in the morning, so I'm really excited. Just coming off the hive, that win, it'll make a, you know that trip a lot more enjoyable. I think at least getting there, and I think Kentucky will take care of business. It'll be exciting to see Lynn play one more time, but. Um, Takeaway from today is still just the atmosphere in Rupp Arena, man. I'm so sorry that you had to miss that one. Um, Our (laughs) guy Jamie Boggs from A Sea of Blue had to miss too. So I feel really bad for you guys because, um, again, I mean, I was was getting chills in there. I mean, it was was just an incredible, incredible thing. And if, you know, you have any ties to this rivalry at all, you know how special and how important it is. And to think about, you know, just the amount of, energy and arguing and stuff that goes into it each year was cool and damn dude we're 20 minutes into this podcast and i haven't even mentioned that i got a chance to uh catch up with bill murray <laughs> bill murray absolutely <laughs> unbelievable maybe bigger than kd i mean bill murray's the man so um he was pretty nice you need to you need to make a i think you need to make a website with all these interviews like put them all together yeah, I should do that. And, you know, I kind of felt weird with that when I hated to just stick a camera in his face. But it wasn't like I sought him out. Like, he was actually standing next to me for a few minutes um, talking baseball. He's talking about the Cubs, which I'm a Cubs fan. So um, yep. I had to shoot my shot, man. I had to take the chance and just – so basically the question I asked him was just, you know, what was his opinion of Rupp Arena for the first time? You know, I was assuming it was his first time there. He confirmed that. And um, I thought it was kind of funny. He said that uh, the music. He liked the music. He said he's always looking for new music. <laughs> And he liked the uh, the vibe in Rupp Arena. So that was cool. But, yeah, I mean, dude, 2019 has been pretty good to me, man. Inter- you know, KD, uh, Bill Murray now. So, um, and just kind of on the Bill Murray thing, too, man. Like, I have so much respect for the job that Chris Mack is doing at Louisville. Um, I thought he was – and I know he is. I've watched him coach games on TV. Like, he's a real fiery guy. Um, you know, he can kind of mm-hmm. get, get a little bit, you know, you know, angry and busting blood vessels and just mad. But he really kept his composure today, which I think was so important for his team playing in that environment that he keep his composure, not let any anger dictate his coaching style. And, you know, once I saw the, his players go to the podium, they were really impressive. Dino Gaudia mm-hmm. knew every play Kentucky was running, the name of it, where, who was going, was letting his players know. They were extremely prepared, so I give them a lot of credit, and I would not be surprised if this thing starts evening out over the next few matchups because Chris Mack's doing a hell of a job. Yeah, he is a great coach, and I think that I think the same way about him. And I thought, I mean, I couldn't really tell obviously from on TV, but I didn't. It didn't look like it was obviously a physical game, but not in a bad way. It didn't really look like it got all too chippy, and there wasn't all the smack talk and all the you know throwing L's down in his face and the other way around, I guess, with whatever. I don't know if they got anything they do, but it didn't seem like it was – Um, I thought it was just a clean physical basketball game on both sides, and I thought both teams were really impressive. And um, like I said, I think it would be a hell of a game to have a rematch in the tournament. Did you happen to hear um, Coach Cal's comments about the technical that he got? I was gonna. I I did not get to watch the full video yet. So what what is it that he said? Because boy, that uh, was Andy, close to ruining the game for them. Yeah, it was a horrible time to get a text. So Andy Sweeney mm-hmm. from ESPN 680 was the only one to ask about it. And just one little tidbit, I thought it was funny. He he addressed it deeper than I thought he would. But um, the funny tidbit was that he said Ellen took some pictures or was gonna take pictures of Chris Mack out of the box too and show the referee. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's funny. Then, I, uh, he, ta- well, he talked uh, in detail about it, though, Aaron, and he mm-hmm. lied a lot about it because I'm down on the floor and I hear him every game. But he basically said that um, he never yells at the referees for missed calls. It's never about, hey, that wasn't a foul. or It's just always about calling it the same. And he had a really good monologue just about, oh, you know, I don't care if you make 50 bad calls, just make the other 50 down there. And you can be terrible, just be terrible on both ends, which I've definitely heard him argue granular things about specific plays. But (laughs) I got his point, and I think a lot of coaches argue it that way. But that was, man, that was a crucial point in a rivalry game to get a technical foul, and thankfully it didn't prove to be costly for Kentucky. All right, Cats by 90 podcast. We got disconnected there, so we'll uh, we'll kind of wrap it up. Not surprising, my phone battery is built, and I'm uh, cruising on the expressway, so, you know, it gets a little mountainous here in Kentucky. But, man, you know, just I just can't say enough again, Aaron. I mean, it was what a fun night. Um, I, one of the nights that I remember as a – Kentucky guy probably forever that was just super sweet and I'm looking forward to the Belk Bowl and keeping this thing rolling in 2020 but monumental win for the Cats. Monumental that's the perfect word I think it'll really like I said that could I wouldn't say it is yet because you have to see more but that this should be the game that really turns this thing around you know UK started slow now for quite a few years in a row um I'd say probably every year since the perfect regular season so um it's okay that they struggled it really is at first as long as they get it back in time for the you know to make the tournament obviously got to make it there and then you know turn it up in March and I think this game could go a long way in setting the tone for conference play and the rest of the way because like we said earlier that is a really really good Louisville team that is not your um Louisville from the last four or five years or so yeah, I don't think anybody will be surprised, Aaron, with the way that Kentucky's played, at least the last two games, especially today against um, Louisville, and the way that the makeup of the SEC is, you know, Kentucky could reel off 10 straight or 12 straight, and I don't think anybody will be surprised. But at the same time, you know, they've shown so many vulnerabilities that it wouldn't shock me if they dropped five conference games or whatever it is. It's hard to play on the road. Kentucky's yet to play a true road game, which that's always interesting when they go on their first road SEC game. Um, the Cats by 90 crew, Aaron and I are, are, you know, talking about maybe going down to Auburn or at least trying to get to one road game because we know how it is when Kentucky comes to town and, and those games are really hard mm-hmm. to win. So hopefully everybody stays high on this team because dropping a couple of those won't be the end of the world. And, you know, if we're being honest, it's likely that's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, <laughs> when Kentucky comes to town, it doesn't matter if it's a school that's big on basketball or not they've sold the arena out and it's a crazy atmosphere and i know auburn's obviously been really good the last couple of years they get to the final four in uk's expense last year so that crowd would be probably uh unbelievable it will be not probably it'll be unbelievable and i know um i've heard of arkansas is like the most underrated place in the sec and i know during sec media days there was a poll on what the toughest arena in the conference was to play. And I believe that won over Rupp and um, Tennessee. So really interesting there. But, yeah, no matter where they play, um, SEC or not, if it's a true road game, I bet Lubbock is going to be nuts when they go down there. So it's always entertaining to see um, what UK has to go up against. I think you've talked me into it. Um, just with Auburn's going to be really good, and you know, that Elite Eight matchup last year. That probably is the road game to pick because it'll be the best game of the conference season. So we should definitely do that. I was thinking about going to Lubbock, but one, it's Lubbock. Well, and two, <laughs> with the announcement of London, I'm going to try to maybe uh, 
keep some money in the wallet a little bit and plan some of these trips because I'd really, really like to go to London and cover a game. That would be a lifetime thing. So lots of uh, lots of games left. You know, the year is over. It went by fast. Um, I think that mm-hmm. everybody should be pretty okay with with the where with where Kentucky is heading into conference play in the new year. I think most people assumed between, you know, playing Michigan State, Ohio State, and Louisville, that going into that with two, potentially even three losses was, you know, on the table. Um, lost two games, no one expected, but same, same. You know, still the, the record that, you know, is respectable. And I think that the sky, that, that's, this team has shown after today that, you know, the sky really is the limit. And it's just a matter of, you know, if they're going to keep up the Cal mantra of fight and finish, you know, over the next few months before we head into the spring. Absolutely. I think the sky really is the limit, especially this year with the week comp, um, college basketball being weak as a whole. I mean, they could, this could be a team that's not perfect by any means and it sure the heck ain't, but they can win a national title. They really can. But, um, I mean, last year, if you think about it, they were in a pretty similar spot going into conference play, right? They lost to Duke, which, I think everyone kind of was picking Duke in that game, maybe not the way it happened. Um, I would hope no one picked the way it happened. That was a, obviously an embarrassment. And then you lose to Seton Hall, which they had Miles Powell. But other than that, you didn't expect to lose that game. And then I know you only had two losses going into conference play, but you lose the conference opener to a mediocre Alabama team. So it's really they're in a really similar spot to last year, and last year was a pretty darn good year. Um, obviously two seed in the tournament, Elite Eight overtime away from the Final Four. So they could do that and a little more. I think any UK fan should take it. Yeah, I like it. You keep talking national championship. I love it. I love it. So good stuff, man. <laughs> we'll keep this one a little shorter today because I know that, uh, man, some media members were working their ass off today. There's going to be content floating around everywhere. So I'm sure that uh, a lot of a lot of the fans will be busy with um, kind of dipping into different things. But Good stuff, Aaron. I'm really looking forward to seeing you um, on Monday. I guess we'll probably catch up, and if not, definitely at the Belk Bowl on Tuesday. Absolutely. Really looking forward to getting down to Charlotte. All right. We'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, night. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow Cats by 90 on Twitter at Cats by 90. You can also follow Aaron and Drew at agershon99 and at bigbluedrew33. And remember, no matter the opponent, it's always Cats by 90.